Brian's right. We've left ourselves defenseless. Guys, we need to make some guns. Guns? Guns only lead to trouble. Right, and when that trouble happens, we'll be ready to blow its freaking head off. Besides, without guns, how, how would our forefathers have settled their differences? Eight, nine, ten, and turn. Today, my vision for our future comes true. A chicken in every pot and a cap in every ass. <laughs> Hey, greetings, and welcome back once again to Categorical Imperatives. Uh, as always, I am your host, Lockie and Liberal, and I do want to thank you all so much for being here with me today. Uh, this is a podcast where we will be applying legal theory and moral philosophy to current events uh, related to law, politics, and culture. Uh, if you are new to the program, I want to welcome you. Uh, and looking at my channel's view count and subscriber count suggests uh, that it is increasingly likely that you are new to this channel. It, uh, it's been growing really every day. Um, I realize my subscriber count and my view count are chicken scratch when you compare them with famous or you know notable YouTube creators. Uh, but just in the last month, these metrics have really started on a steady climb. And so I just wanted to let you all know uh, whether it is your first time here or whether you have been following me since day one, uh, I really am genuinely grateful that you have chosen to spend some of your time here with me today. Time is, after all, the most uh, precious and valuable commodity that any of us have. Now, if you are able to support the channel further uh, by uh, supporting the work I do by uh, joining me over on Patreon, uh, you can go to the Patreon page and you can find a post that lays out precisely what your donations would enable me to do to help grow the channel and to always make sure that every show is uh, a little better than the last uh, and subscribers gain access to exclusive content such as a show notes page and more to come. Uh, you can also support us through Venmo or PayPal by scanning the QR codes on screen or by following the links that I have to those pages down in the description. Uh, but enough whoring myself out here. Let's get to the topic for today. Now, it is no secret that our new uh, predator-in-chief, Joe Biden, he is a man who loves him some gun control. He is very proud of the fact that during the 1980s and 1990s, when he wasn't busy zealously uh, being a leading figure in crafting our modern prison industrial complex, uh, and indulging in a bit of recreational plagiarism. Uh, he really loves to talk about the fact that he was instrumental in pushing through legislation, such as the Brady Handgun Bill, which established a national instant criminal background check, or, or the 1994 assault weapons ban. Uh, of course, uh, the recent presidential uh, election, uh, he made an enthusiastic pledge to uh, bring uh, Beto O'Rourke on to his team uh, to uh, take care of what he called the scourge uh, of scary looking guns and getting rid of them across the country. Uh, and I have a feeling we all know exactly how that will go. Ah, Monker, c'est ça. Mein Führer, 
Ich habe heute den Fall Klausowitz ausgegeben. Berlin und Frankstadt. Sie übernehmen als Kampfkommandant die Sicherung des Regierungsviertels. Mein Führer, wenn es in Berlin zur Schlacht kommt, wir werden kämpfen bis zum letzten Mann. Aber es sind noch über drei Millionen Zivilisten in der Stadt. Die müssen evakuiert werden. Ich verstehe Ihre Bedenken, Monk. Aber wir müssen auch da eiskalt sein. Wir können jetzt keine Rücksicht auf sogenannte Zivilisten nehmen. Mein Führer, bei angebotenen Respekt gestatten Sie die Frage, was soll aus den Frauen und Kindern werden, den Tausenden von Verletzten und den Alten? In einem Krieg wie diesen gibt es keine Zivilisten. Mein Führer, wenn es in Berlin zur Schlacht kommt, wir werden kämpfen bis zum letzten Mann. Aber es sind noch über drei Millionen Zivilisten in der Stadt. Die müssen evakuiert Früher oder später werden die Westmächte einsehen, dass nur wir die Bolschewisten aufhalten können. Wir sind das letzte Bollwerk gegen die asiatischen Horden. Wir müssen Berlin halten, nur wenige Tage. Dann machen wir mit den Amerikanern Kipfront. Haben Sie noch zwei Fälle neue Befehl? Ich glaube, ich habe mich klar genug ausgedrückt. Now, today we are going to be looking at the gun control agenda that was just laid out by Kripion Fujo on February 14th. Uh, now, his proposal calls for uh, a new uh, assault weapons ban, uh, a universal background check, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put uh, what, Joe, are your parents home Biden? Hey there, sweetie. How old are you? 16. 18? You're first. Mom! I like where this is going. Giggity, giggity, giggity. What he called uh, weapons of war on our streets. Now, keep that term weapons of war in mind. We will be returning to it uh, and all the problematic things with that mischaracterization soon enough. Uh, but this three part proposal that he made of an assault weapons ban, universal background checks, and the ability to sue a company for selling you something that is entirely legal to buy and possess uh, to continue, these essentially constitute what Biden summarizes as common sense gun reform to understand just how fundamentally problematic this proposal is requires taking a look at a few key questions such as what is an assault weapon uh this will include us taking a look today at the ar-15 specifically to discover what it is and what it is not we will also be looking at what the previous assault weapons ban did and did not cover and we'll be taking a look at a new proposed assault weapons ban that biden has expressed his support for uh, that goes even further than the previous ban. Now, I pretty much assure you, if you're someone who's already into gun culture, you will still probably find some interesting facts and history here that you are not familiar with. And if you are someone who is not already into this, or you are someone who uh, favors implementing some or all of these gun control measures, I, I would especially ask you, please, uh, please stick around. Watch this video, uh, keep an open mind, because I assure you there will be uh, a lot of information that you definitely have not heard before. And if we get to the end of the show and you still feel exactly the same way you do about gun control at the beginning, that's totally okay. I mean, in that case, uh, all that will happen is you will now be better informed to advocate for enacting those policies. You got nothing to lose. Uh, so 
And as always, I will provide plenty of links and sources to everything we discussed down in the description. Now let's start with the term assault weapon. There is a lot of confusion about how exactly this term uh, came to be and what it means. Uh, and when it first started getting used in popular culture. Now, even turning to Wikipedia, we can see that there is some debate over where and when this term started. They say, in the past, the names of certain military weapons uh, used this phrase, such as the Rifleman's Assault Weapon, which was a grenade launcher developed in 1977 for use with the M16 assault rifle, or the Shoulder Launch Multipurpose Assault Weapon, which was a rocket launcher created in 1984. Uh, one of the earliest uses of this term, uh, or similar terms, with its current meaning, was a bill introduced by Art Agnos in California in the State Assembly in April of 1985 to ban what he called, quote, semi-automatic assault firearms capable of using a detached magazine of 20 rounds or more. Uh, speaking to the public uh, safety Committee, uh, Agno said that the only use for assault weapons is to shoot people. Now, this measure did not pass when it came up for a vote. So here you can clearly see that the term isn't being used to describe the rifle itself even, but other weapons that can be attached to a rifle, or even something completely different like a rocket launcher uh, or a grenade launcher. Uh, now, assault weapon was the thing that you attach to an assault rifle. Now, we will be coming back to these terms, assault weapon versus assault rifle, in just a little bit. Uh, but you see this term first start to really get pushed by politicians and gun control advocates around the late 1980s to the early 1990s. Uh, one of the most significant was the Violence Policy Center, uh, who was being led by a man named Josh Sugarman. And when we go to the VPC website, we have an article that we can find that was published in 1988 on assault weapons. Uh, and if we go to the conclusion in this article, we find what it says is that assault weapons, just like armor-piercing bullets, machine guns, and plastic firearms, are a new topic. The weapons menacing look, coupled with the public's confusion over fully automatic machine guns versus a semi-automatic assault weapon, uh, the public assumes that anything that looks like a machine gun uh, must be assumed to be a machine gun and that this can only increase the chance of public support for restrictions on these weapons. In addition, few people can envision a practical use for such weapons. So we can see right from the beginning that the term assault weapon was meant to confuse people and mistake semi-auto rifles for either assault rifles or machine guns. Uh, to conflate these two terms. They figure that if people mistook uh, these for machine guns, that people would be more likely to support the gun control that banned them. That's why the entire vilification of these weapons has been nothing but a focus on banning them for their cosmetic features. It's really nothing more than a scare campaign. So let's look at the uh, legal question here. What does assault weapon mean legally? Uh, what, leg what legislation has been crafted to deal with assault weapons? What did it do? Uh, of course, the first thing to turn to uh, that should come to mind is the 1994 assault weapons ban. And looking at the following graphic, we can see what this ban actually banned. 
As you can see, the man outlawed any two of five characteristics on a semi-automatic rifle with a detachable magazine, such as a collapsing stock, a pistol grip, a bayonet lug, a flash suppressor, or a stepped barrel, which they claimed would allow a grenade launcher to be attached. So now if you take a look at these two firearms, the one on top is illegal, and the one on the bottom is not illegal. The only difference is the one on bottom has a pistol grip, only a pistol grip. So uh, really the thing is, this has nothing to do with the uh, rate of fire or the number of rounds contained in the magazine. The features that are banned do not do anything to increase how lethal the firearm is. So I, I mean, as far as like a bayonet lug, when was the last time you heard about someone being bayoneted? How about a flash suppressor? How does that enable you to kill more people? It, it, it doesn't. Um, so they say that the collapsible stock supposedly makes it easier to conceal the weapon, which doesn't make sense because they don't ban shorter or smaller stocks, just adjustable ones. Now what's worse, the legislator proposing these bans often don't even understand what the features are uh, and the purpose that they serve, uh, but push to ban them anyway. For example, uh, around 2007, there were uh, numerous pieces of legislation trying to pass a new assault weapons ban uh, that included even new features on top of the old ones that were to be banned. What we can see here uh, with this graphic is that they have added features like a barrel shroud or a forward grip. Now, there is an infamous uh, interview with the legislator who proposed this, uh, Karen McCarthy, who is talking uh, about this proposed bill. And watch how she responds to Tucker Carlson when he asks her a basic, basic question about the bill that she herself introduced. I read the, I read the legislation. I'm sorry. I read the legislation and it said that it would regulate barrel shrouds. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate that? The guns that were chosen back in the, in those days were basically the guns that most gangs and criminals were using to kill our, our police okay. officers. I'm not saying it was the best bill, but that okay. was the best Do bill you know they could what get a out at that particular is? time. I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shroud okay, is. I believe it's, in it's your a shoulder thing that goes up. No. It's now, she clearly has absolutely no idea what her own legislation is proposing. Uh, and what is kind of hilarious uh, is that her attempt to answer uh, when she guesses, is it a shoulder thing that goes up, has become something of a legendary meme in gun culture. Now, what we find again and again in legislation uh, is that it, uh, really only interested in banning purely cosmetic features. Now, to show you what I mean and just how crazy this is, check out this video. Now, here you have a standard Woodstock rifle, a semi-automatic chamber to 223 ammunition. This gun would not be banned by a federal assault weapons ban, uh, but what you can see is just by removing a wooden stock and replacing it with a plastic one with cosmetic features that do not change the function of the gun, you are able to change it from a legal gun to an illegal assault weapon. The function has not changed. It is not more lethal 
The only thing that has happened is you have made this thing look scarier. Now, I want to share a clip from a fantastic YouTuber, uh, a guy named Nuance Bro, uh, and he went to the March for Our Lives rally uh, that was organized by uh, immediately following the Parkland shooting. Uh, and this is really one of the more telling interviews here where he is talking to a woman who is a California state legislature, and he is asking her what kinds of gun control she would like to see enacted. And when it comes to semi-automatic weapons, do you mean all of them or just the rifles or what, what are you talking about here? So even like handguns, for example. Well, anything that can be used, just like I would like to mirror California state laws. Sure. Yeah. So been, California allows semi-automatic handguns, for example, though. Well, we've banned the bump stocks, so I don't know how you would. That's for that's like rifles. I mean, that's federally actually the bump stocks. Well, and you can't yeah. get the uh, semi-automatic ammunition here in California, so. What's what's semi-automatic ammunition? The, the large magazines. Oh, the, the yeah, magazines, magazines, not the ammunition. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I dare you to make less sense. This is a woman who currently has the power to make laws for an entire state, and what she says here is absolute gibberish. She has absolutely no idea what she is talking about. Now, it may be easy to assume that I have just cherry-picked one or two dumb legislatures, but I will be getting to some more interviews a little later in this video featuring national-level politicians, many of whom are even considered thought leaders in the push for gun control. And what I assure you will find, wherever you look, without exception, is that a politician who vilifies guns the most is the one who understands them the least. Now, I want to briefly discuss the term uh, assault rifle because many people see assault rifle and assault weapon as interchangeable and often conflate the two. However, while an assault weapon is a vague term with no fixed meaning, assault rifle actually does have a very, it's a very specific type of firearm with a very specific definition and a very clear origin. Uh, it initially came out of Ger Germany around World War II uh, and applied to a gun known as the Stormgewehr 44. Now, even in the United States, there is an objective definition for the term assault rifle as applied by the U.S. Army, which can be found in a short book uh, that I will have linked in the description called the Small Arms Identification and Operation Guide. Now, if we turn to page 67, section 3, we see it talks about assault rifles, rifles, excuse me, um, and under point 68, general subsection A, assault rifles are short, compact, select fire rifles uh, that fire a cartridge uh, with an that is intermediate in power between a submachine gun and a rifle cartridge. Assault rifles have a mild recoil characteristic, and because of this, they are capable of delivering uh, effective full automatic fire at ranges of up to 300 meters. So, assault rifles has a very specific meaning and has to do with uh, full automatic firearms. So when you hear the media referring to semi-automatic assault rifles, they are blatantly trying to confuse you, uh, just like we saw earlier in the video uh, with the Violence Policy Network, saying that uh, people will confuse uh, assault weapons with fully automatic assault rifles. So uh, the entire purpose of the term assault weapon is to confuse people between a semi-automatic rifle and a fully automatic assault rifle. Here's an example of the media switching between these terms back to back. 
A Paso killer is holding an AK-47 style assault rifle. In Ohio, it's an AR-15 type assault weapon. And that's why I think assault rifles need to be on the table too. Thank you. So, with the term assault rifle or weapon of war, these terms are really used to scare people into passing legislation that merely bans semi-automatic rifles. Now let's get to this idea of a weapon of war. I want to discuss this for a minute. This here is an M1 Garand. This was a standard issue to U.S. soldiers. It typically shot a 30 out of 6 round. This is a weapon of war. This was used by soldiers uh, to kill the opposition. Under the assault weapons ban, this weapon has always remained totally legal. This is the SKS. This is another weapon of war. This was a Russian-issued rifle. This was also a weapon of war that was not banned by the Federal Assault Weapon Ban. This is a Mosin-Nagant. This is a weapon of war. The Mosin-Nagant was also issued by the Russian military. This bolt-action rifle was very deadly. Uh, it killed many people. This weapon of war has remained entirely legal under the Federal Assault Weapon Ban. This is a semi-automatic AK-47. The semi-automatic style of rifle is not a weapon of war. It is similar to a weapon of war. But this gun in its form, in its semi-automatic form, has never been carried by any soldier on any battlefield in any war that has ever been fought anywhere. But this not weapon of war is banned under the Federal Assault Weapons Ban. These were not used in war except with the fully automatic uh, variants. Now here we have one more. This is an AR-15. Uh, this is uh, the lower 80 and the upper. Uh, so when you put these two pieces together, what you have is an AR-15 that is illegal under an assault weapons ban. Now you can purchase these two pieces separately, and as long as you don't put them together physically, uh, you can essentially have an assault weapon, uh, just as long as you keep these pieces separated. Even under assault weapons ban, only these two pieces, but keeping them separate is legal. So uh, there is nothing that prevents someone from owning both of these individually, as long as they are not physically combined, at which point they become a whole AR-15. So let's briefly discuss the AR-15, what it is and what it is not, and explore why this rifle is so popular. Uh, the AR-15 is a semi-automatic rifle uh, designed by the Armalite Company in 1956. Production began in 1959. The design of the AR-15 has been around for a long time. So, uh, what are some of the common ways the AR is portrayed? What myths out there exist? Uh, the first one you'll probably find is, uh, I mean, what you'll first find when you try to answer this is that the answers vary widely depending on who is talking about it and when they are saying it. For example, Joe Biden has said that the AR-15 is very difficult to use, it's difficult to aim, it has, quote, extra recoil, whatever that means. Uh, and from other mainstream outlets, you will see that they will talk about an AR-15 very, being very easy to handle, 
very easy to use. They will talk about it having far less recoil. Uh, so here's a few common misconceptions of the AR-15 that you will commonly hear passed around. AR-15. 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 AR-15s. AR-15. I love rumors. Facts could be so misleading. Were rumors true or false are often revealing. I've held an AR-15 in my hand. I wish I had it. It is as heavy as 10 boxes that you might be moving. Uh, and the bullet that is utilized, a 50 caliber, these kinds of bullets, uh, need to be licensed and do not need to be on the streets. This is crazy. You can't certainly use this for hunting. But some of these bullets, as you saw, have an incendiary device on the tip of it which is a heat-seeking device. So you don't shoot deer with a bullet that size. If you do, you could cook it at the same time. We have federal regulations and state laws that prohibit hunting ducks with more than three rounds. And yet it's legal to hunt humans with 15 round, 30 round, even 150 round magazines. California law allows gun owners to carry a rifle or handgun in a holster if it's unloaded. Those who support the bill say even an unloaded gun is still dangerous. There's been a lot of people that have been shot by an unloaded gun. And whether it's loaded or not, it still presents a threat. Well, what do you know? No more bullets. No more bullets? Hey, laughing boy. No more bullets. No more bullets? Here, let me see that thing. Hmm. Well, what do you know? One bullet left. One bullet left? Hey, laughing boy, there was... I know, I know! I don't think that many... Uh, most people, I think, are for the Second Amendment right. Most people, I, I am for that. I think people should be able to protect themselves. But if you're going to be honest about it, I don't think our founding fathers had these automatic weapons and military st style weapons in mind when the Second Amendment was drafted. All right, we're done. You think the language in the Second Amendment is clear enough, you know, about the right to bear arms? Of course it's clear. Every American has the right to hang a pair of bear arms on their wall. How could that possibly be misconstrued? All right, fantastic then. The Constitution is granted. So I, are you implying for the police or are you implying for the private citizen? Because the majority of private citizens are not allowed to own fully automatic weapons. It's for anyone. Okay, well, the gun law says that you and I can't just randomly go out and buy an automatic weapon. So let's deal with the facts here. A semi-automatic weapon is a gun that you and I are allowed to own. And in different places, they have different rules. But to imply that anyone can walk out and buy an automatic weapon is just not true, Don. What do you mean anyone can't? Well, listen, during the theater shooting in Colorado, I was able to go and buy an automatic weapon. And I, you know, maybe have shot a gun three, four times in my life. I don't even live in Colorado. I think most people can go out and buy an automatic weapon. Isn't it pretty hard to define what is an assault weapon? Because it's so easy to write around for manufacturers to create weapons that... Well, if it can fire a lot of bullets very quickly, that's a good definite, good place to start, okay? And, and then you can say, argue what a lot is. Okay, let's pick it. Let's say three. If you haven't hit the deer with three shots, you're a pretty lousy shot. That deer deserves to get away. Let's get serious here. But that would ban most pistols. That would ban most... No, but pistols are different. You have to pull the trigger each time. An assault weapon, you basically hold it, goes... This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip 
to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second. This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second. Kate, if you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun, have the shells of 12 gauge shotgun, and I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. I promise you, who's ever coming in is not going to. You don't need an AR-15. It's harder to aim. It's harder to use. And in fact, you don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Hi, I'm Roger Goodman. And if you watch the news or read Huffington Post, you know that you're 99.9856% more likely to be the victim of a firearm accident the second you bring a gun into your house. And that's why I'm here today to talk to you about a very important issue pressing today, America. Rogue guns running rampant across this land. Some people in the pro-gun lobby will tell you that guns are inanimate objects without free wills of their own. But that's a load of shit. You think you're safe when you leave that gun locked up in it in its safe with your kids when you're not home? Think again. What are you gonna do when this happens, bull t Psst. Hey Tommy, why don't you come play with me over here? Oh, I'm not sure, mister. My daddy said I'm not supposed to play with guns. Oh, your daddy'll never know, Tommy. Oh, mister, I'm not sure. My daddy will be real cross. Yeah, well, your daddy's not here, is he? Oh. You just killed that kid. You think you're safe because you take a gun safety course with your family and learn how to handle a gun responsibly? You're a piece of shit. Oh, but it's my right under the constitution to protect myself from people and tyrannical governments, you say, you son of a bitch. And it's not just related to kids. Guns commit all kinds of crimes, like domestic violence. What's that roast beef again? That's what I tell you. I don't want to eat that two damn days in a row, bitch. I already done told you. Oh, that revolver's a dick. Not as much as you for knowing better and you let him into your house, you son of a bitch. Guns also commit nefarious gang-related activities. Where's my money, I say? I don't want to have to go there, you know, but I will. I will cut you. I will cut you. And just have an all-around problematic presence in the household. And if you... And that's why I, Roger Goodman, am here today with responsible parents for gun control against parents who own guns trying to take these terrors off our streets and away from your kids. Because there's no such thing as a responsible gun owner, only non-gun owners and pieces of human shit. And even though some people tell you guns don't kill people, people kill people, those people are pricks. So you can call this number here and call your local representative to make sure that there are no more guns on your street or in your house that could be taken up or be hurt by a kid. What'd you think was gonna happen pushing me like that, baby? <laughs> Being my wife ain't no pony ride, bitch.
Now, the AR-15 often gets compared to the M16 or the M4 rifles, which you do see in the military. Now, these are fully automatic assault rifles, uh, and that is what is used by the military. The AR-15 is in no way a military-style weapon. It has never been a model that has ever been used by our military or any military at any point. The confusion comes because, cosmetically, these bear a resemblance to actual military rifles like the M16. Now, one of the biggest myths is the AR-15 is inherently more dangerous and more powerful than other commonly available rifles uh, or other weapons in general. That it has some kind of special ability uh, and is just so dangerous uh, that using it for hunting uh, is just not even practical because it would blow a deer to pieces. Uh, the fact of the matter is that the 223 Remington uh, round, which is the one that uh, it comes uh, standard with the AR-15, uh, is actually one of the smallest and least powerful calibers of all available rifle cartridges. Now, the uh, 223 is essentially a glorified 22. Uh, in fact, the 223 was developed in 1957 specifically as a commercial hunting bullet for small Midwestern farmers, and it has consistently been a popular civilian hunting cartridge from its release right up to today. So, here is a chart of commonly available rifle rounds uh, and that you will find on the market today. Now, the standard round for the AR-15 is the 223 Remington. That is the round that I have marked with a white arrow. As you can see, far from being one of the biggest and most powerful, it is actually one of the smallest and least powerful of all hunting rounds, and it is recommended for varmints. Now, in that AR-15 myth montage that I played for you, you heard a version of this common myth about how the AR-15 is so unusually powerful and destructive they can't be used for hunting uh, because they blow a deer to pieces. Uh, so not only is that claim categorically false, but in fact, the opposite is true. In a number of states, uh, currently, I know for sure, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Virginia, New Jersey, Washington, and West Virginia, the standard 223 Remington caliber uh, cartridge is not legal for hunting deer because the 223 is not considered powerful enough for medium to large game like a deer. Virtually any hunting rifle caliber uh, will exceed the 223 in its kinetic energy figures. Uh, and uh, if you are entirely unfamiliar with hunting rifles, you probably are uh, familiar with the 308 Winchester and the 30 odd six. I have marked those off here on the chart as well. You can see the orange arrow is pointing to the 308, and uh, the red arrow is pointing to the 30 odd six. These rounds are, are just obviously by sight, obviously a much bigger cartridge uh, than the 223, meaning it's a much more powerful round. Uh, therefore, it does more damage. Uh, and it is more deadly. I have a couple more more direct comparisons here to help show you just how big of a difference there is.
So here on the left, we have a 223, and on the right is a 308. Now, for those of you out there uh, who uh, to whom guns may be totally foreign, you see those little black boxes that I have put on there. That is the actual bullet. That is the only part that is the bullet. The rest is the casing. This, um, so essentially, um, the casing is what holds the powder, uh, and that is what is ejected uh, harmlessly out the side of the gun as the bullet is fired. Now here, you will see a two two three and a thirty out six. Again, I have highlighted the actual bullet part that is the projectile. So as you can see, what we are talking about here is a bullet uh, in the thirty out six that is nearly three times larger than the AR-15 round, uh, with a casing almost three times larger as well. Now, the 223 is essentially a glorified 22. Uh, it has the same diameter as that round, uh, and that tiny bullet on the left that you see is a 22, uh, which is the, the smallest of all possible uh, pistol ammo calibers. So again, the 223 is just a glorified 22 in rifle form. To give you some idea, I have pulled up ballistics for these different rounds. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, the 22 uh, ammunition, uh, there's a lot of variability within these. So the one that I am going with is a round that I specifically use myself uh, for self-defense rounds, which is a CCI mini mag copper plated hollow point. As we see here, uh, the ballistics for the 22, uh, the pistol caliber, uh, it has 134 foot-pounds of pressure, uh, and it uh, transfers 182 joules of energy. Uh, the 223, which is the AR-15 ammunition, has 1,265 foot-pounds of force and transfers 1,715 joules of energy, whereas the 308 uh, has 2,668 foot-pounds of force and transfers 3,617 joules of energy. And the 30 at 6 has 2,820 foot-pounds of force and it transfers 3,820 joules of energy. So obviously, the 223 is a much more powerful round than its pistol caliber equivalent, the 22, but Compared to other rifle rounds, such as a 308 and a 30 those are both more than three times, uh, you know, transfer three times more energy than the standard AR-15 ammunition. There is nothing special about this round. It is not especially powerful or especially deadly. It's just a rifle round. There is also nothing behind the idea that this rifle allows you to somehow fire much faster than other guns. This isn't so. It is a semi-automatic rifle. This means you get one bullet with each pull of the trigger. Just like all semi-automatics, be they handgun or rifle, they will only fire as fast as you are capable of pulling the trigger. That's all semi-automatic weapons. There is nothing special about the way the AR-15 operates. Semi-automatic firearms have been available for a long time. Semi-automatic rifles have been commercially available in civilian firearms uh, since the late 1880s, and the first commercially viable semi-automatic handgun was the iconic Colt 1911, 
uh, which, as its name would suggest, was released first in 1911. So to try and ban the AR on that basis, that it is a semi-automatic, would mean banning virtually every common firearm today. All that would really leave is the simple uh, double-action revolver, a bolt-action rifle, or a pump-action shotgun. So when people like Joe Biden tell you he doesn't see a need to ban other guns, like handguns or even other types of rifles, because this vilified AR uh, just kills more people quicker, he is lying. A ban on semi-automatic firearms would be a ban on more than 85% of all firearms available today. Now, I think now would be a good time to take a look at a section of Joe Biden's interview with Anderson Cooper, where he is specifically talking about what President Biden wants to get done for gun control. That's true. But look, here's a simple proposition. Let's assume it's all absolutely accurate. Do we want to continue it? Does anybody think it made any sense that someone's able to walk into a gun store, buy an assault weapon? that has multiple rounds, or buy an assault weapon that has a hundred rounds, even though it may not, you can't point to the fact that it in fact had stopped it before. Do you want more of them on the street? Yes. Do we want to do that? So to, to, to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. Look, the Second Amendment doesn't say you can't restrict the kinds of weapons people can own. You can't buy a bazooka. You can't have a flamethrower. The guys who make these arguments are the people who say the tree of liberty is watered with the blood of patriots. We need the protection against the government. We need an F-15 for that. You need something well beyond whether or not you're going to have an assault weapon. So would you, how would you deal with all the assault weapons that are already out there that people have? What I would do is I would try to, I would institute a national buyback program. You do you realize that you can't buy back something that you didn't own to begin with? That's called taking. And I would move in the direction of making sure that that, in fact, was what we tried to do, get them off the street. But that's not confiscating people. No, that, that's not walking into their homes, knocking on their doors, going through their gun cabinets, etc. So people would be allowed to keep the weapons they already have. Right. Now, there's no legal way that I'm aware of that you could deny them the right if they had purchased, legally purchased them. But we. That is a very telling statement right there. It's not that he is against just walking into your house and taking your guns by force with necessary. He just can't find a way to do it now. You can, in fact, make a major effort to get them off the street and out of the possession of people. You can't. I can't. We, have, we didn't figure out a way you can buy executive order to say you can no longer purchase this particular weapon. You can no longer have a clip with this many bullets in it. You've got to get legislation to do that. But to say that you need to eliminate the gun show loophole to define... Which, for the record, doesn't exist. And that is something I would be happy to discuss in a further video if anyone would be interested to know why the gun show loophole is a dirty fucking lie. Find what constitutes... I'm the guy that pushed the Brady Bill through the United States Congress when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee on background checks. You can, in fact, do those kinds of things. But you cannot, as a matter of executive order constitutionally, say this is what we're going to do relative to this particular weapon. I think you said you. I, I... So 
So essentially, Joe Biden uh, doesn't think an AR-15 is good for hunting. Bingo! And you advise your wife to shoot her double-barrel shotgun in the air if anyone ever tries to break into your house. Bingo! You do realize that's a felony, right? Bingo! And that if it doesn't scare the person off, that you have now left her entirely defenseless. Bingo! And is it true that you've cut holes in your mask just so you can sniff young girls' hair? Bingo! Don't you think that's really perverted? Bingo! There was a farmer had a dog, and what was his name? Bingo! And is it true that Jeffrey Epstein never had you to his island because even he considered your attraction to young girls too creepy? Bingo! Fantastic. Now, when people like Sniffy Joe here say that it is not for hunting, that is absurd. It's actually quite popular for hunting. I even have a few pics here that I found of hunters proudly posing with their quarry and the AR-15 that they used to bring it down. However, while the AR is indeed a popular hunting rifle, that is not what it's most often purchased for. Uh, it is usually bought by people as a personal defense weapon. This whole idea that you don't need an AR-15 to hunt is just an incredibly lazy sleight of hand. They are great for hunting, but no one is saying we have a right to bear arms to hunt. The Second Amendment is about defense. It is about the ability to protect yourself your family, your community, and your country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. This could mean a single criminal, it could mean a group of criminals, or it could mean the largest group of criminals who prefer it when you call them government. Now, the AR-15 is indeed a personal defense weapon, and it is well-suited for those situations. Now, if you're sitting there wondering, where do I get this crazy idea that the AR-15 is a personal defense weapon? After all, the government frequently tells us how these are indiscriminate mass murder machines. So who would be stupid enough to call the AR-15 a personal defense weapon? Well, the government. This is precisely the term that is used by the Department of Homeland Security to describe AR-style rifles, and they even extend that term to the select fire variants uh, that are commonly only available to the military. That would be the military-style weapon, the version, the fully automatic or select-fire version. So, interestingly enough, uh, this assertion that the AR-15 is a personal defense weapon uh, is, is absurd because this is precisely how they are classified by the government. So... This is a recent solicitation put forward by the Department of Homeland Security and ICE. I will have a link uh, to the DHS site uh, in the description where you can go and read exactly uh, what this thing says uh, fully. So despite Biden's claims that the AR-15 uh, is not suited to personal defense, I want to give you just one of numerous examples of a situation where, in fact, an AR-15 is uniquely suited as one of the possible of all firearms who serve as an individual's primary personal defense weapon. Oh. 
On the other hand, semi-automatic rifles like the AR-15 are so well-suited for defensive action against threats in a civilian context that the Department of Homeland Security quite literally designates them as personal defense weapons for law enforcement officers. It is little wonder, then, that millions of law-abiding citizens in this country also choose these types of semi-automatic rifles as their own personal defense weapons. My mother did not grow up with firearms, and they will never be her favorite thing in the world. In fact, she'd never handled a firearm until I took her to the range for the first time several years ago. Now, I love my mother, but like every other novice with a handgun, she was quite bad. I mean, she struggled to hit a stationary target from six yards out under ideal conditions. And then she picked up an AR-15. And I watched my mother put a fist-sized grouping of lead in the center mass of a target from 20 yards out. That is why law-abiding citizens buy millions of these firearms. When accuracy and stopping power matter, they are simply better. Americans use firearms to defend themselves between 500,000 and 2 million times every year. But God forbid that my mother is ever faced with a scenario where she has to stop a threat to her life. But if she is, I hope politicians protected by professional armed security didn't strip her of the right to use the firearms she can handle most competently. Frankly, I hope she has in her hands the scariest-looking assault weapon she can find so that we can both be confident in her ability to end the threat. Thank you. So when Joe Biden says if you're going up against the U.S. government, you're going to need more than an AR-15. Now, I think this is quite a funny switch around here by old stranger danger uh, because he just got finished telling us how this is a gun designed to kill a lot of people quickly, which isn't really accurate. But uh, if it were, that actually, to me, sounds like the perfect weapon to take up against a group of for a group of citizens who take up uh, to resist tyranny. And the sniffer in chief says you would need an F-15 to go up against the government. Now, it's good to know that he thinks a reasonable response to a group of citizens telling the government this far and no further is a situation that he calls in the deployment of jet fighters to bomb people who had the audacity to tell the federal government no. Now, the idea that a small group of people armed with a personal defense weapon against the might of the entire American military uh, being an impossible scenario uh, that could not possibly be won is a warning that must have never gotten to the Taliban because they have been successfully resisting the U.S. military who have been throwing the full weight of their armed forces against these people for the last 20 years. These are people armed almost exclusively with AK-47s, often the same AK-47s that they had uh, back in the 1980s when they very successfully resisted the entire might of the Soviet Union, who threw the entire weight of the Soviet army against the Afghan people for 10 years before leaving the country uh, with Russia's military sort of limping out with their tail between their legs. So Afghanistan uh, is a country that has spent 30 of the last 40 years successfully resisting the full force and fury of the two then largest existing empires on Earth. How about Vietnam? We are again talking about a small number of people armed largely with AK-47s taking on the entire might of the military force of the American Empire and everything that it could bring to bear for nearly nearly 15 years before we finally limped out of there with our tail between our legs. 
Now, this has happened in our country as well. If we look at something like the Battle of Athens, where a small group of men managed to resist the full weight of the U.S. government. So let's turn to some FBI crime statistics. Um, because perhaps you're still thinking to yourself, the AR-15 is just so much more dangerous. They kill far too many people. Uh, you know, maybe like Joe, you are saying that let people keep their handguns or their shotguns for self-defense, but an AR-15 uh, are responsible for too many deaths in this country. Well, I think a good question to ask is, are they? If we look at the total homicides uh, for the most recent year that we have on record, which is 2019, we see here a total of 13,927 total homicides. Of those, 10,258 were from firearms. Of those, 6,368 were from handguns, and only 364 were from rifles. Now, that's all rifles. Bear in mind, assault weapons, so-called, are only a fraction of all rifles. And the scary AR-15 only comprises a fraction of the total so-called assault weapons. But if we do the math, we find that if we take the number of all rifles, they account for about 3% of all gun homicides in, a, in this year and 2% of total homicides. There is also a reason that you don't find these so-called assault weapons on this list. And that is because the number of deaths that they cause every year are so infinitesimally small that calculating them is virtually pointless. A common phrase you hear from people like Joe Biden is we have to get these weapons off of the streets. But that's not where we find them. There actually is a much more logical reason that when someone uh, opens up fire with an AR-15, that they can manage to kill a lot of people very quickly, and it has nothing to do with the gun. In fact, over half uh, of, or uh, uh, over half, fifty-five uh, percent of all mass shooting incidents are carried out with handguns alone. Now, the reason that they are often able to kill a lot of people quickly before anyone shows up to stop them has little to do with the gun and has everything to do with the fact that they almost always happen in gun-free zones, almost exclusively. Over the past decade, the percent of mass shootings that have taken place in gun-free zones has been 96%. You don't need a gun with a 30-round magazine to kill a high number of people quickly if you are in a gun-free zone. You don't have to worry about someone stopping you while you try to load a fresh magazine because you can be fairly sure that lawful gun owners are not going to have a gun with them if having that gun is against the law. That's kind of the definition of a lawful gun owner. In fact, James Holmes, that piece of shit who shot up the movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, said during his trial that despite the fact that there was another movie theater closer to where he lived, that he in fact had to drive right by on his way to the theater he ended up killing 12 people in, he chose the theater he did because he knew for a fact the closer theater was not a gun-free zone and the one that he was going to was. He factored that in. So, 
not only are rifles rarely used among all types of guns in homicides, but let's look at what other items you are more likely to be killed with than in AR-15. Knives. 1,476 homicides every year, or at least that was the number I should say in 2019. It was 1,476 people were murdered with knives. That means you are four, more, four times more likely to be stabbed to death than killed by a rifle. Blunt objects, 397. You have a slightly better chance of being bludgeoned to death with something like a club, a bat, or a hammer than being killed by a rifle. Personal weapons. This means parts of the body, mostly hands and feet. So essentially 600 people were killed by hands and feet every year. You are almost twice as likely to be punched or kicked to death as you are to be killed by being shot with a rifle. Now, there is one last thing I want to add here today before we wrap up. I want to talk about JoJo Dancer's ridiculous claim that the Second Amendment doesn't say you can't restrict the kinds of weapons that people own. Uh, it kind of does. Steiner konnte nicht genügend Kräfte für einen Angriff massieren. Der Angriff Steiner ist nicht erfolgt. Das war ein Befehl! Der Angriff Steiner war ein Befehl! Wer Aber mein Führer, die 12. Armee marschiert nach Westen Richtung Elbe. Dann soll die Armee Now, uh, it doesn't say in the Second Amendment that the right to keep and bear arms may not be entirely prohibited. It says shall not be infringed. Now, it is possible to parse out classes of weapons that would and would not be protected. Uh, and that is actually what we will be talking about in the next episode how the Second Amendment can be interpreted uh, in light of its original public meaning uh, by turning, as we are supposed to, to the place uh, where we're supposed to look for its meaning, which is largely in the state ratification debates. The Constitution simply does not work by asking, is the government expressly forbidden to do something very specific? And if it's not, then it must be acceptable. It creates a limited government of expressly delegated powers. In fact, that's precisely what the Federalists argued uh, when they said that no Bill of Rights was necessary uh, because 
nothing in the Constitution could possibly be construed to grant any branch of the government the right to disarm any people in any way. In fact, Tench Cox, who we'll be talking about almost exclusively uh, in the next episode, summed this point up beautifully when he said, Congress have no power to disarm the people. Their swords and every other terrible implement of the soldier are the birthright of every American. The unlimited power of the sword is not in the hands of either the state or federal government, but where I trust in God, it will ever remain in the hands of the people. So that is going to do it for us here today. I want to thank you so much uh, for spending a little time with me here on Categorical Imperatives. Uh, if you like the show, subscribe to the channel so you can make sure I always know when I put out new content. If you like the video, please go ahead and smash that like button for me. Uh, and then uh, if you have a comment, I would really love to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, what were your feelings on gun control and the Second Amendment uh, starting this video? Uh, did they change in any way during the video? Was any of this information new to you? Uh, uh, it, uh, it just, you know, did anything in here change your mind in any way or do you think that maybe you have an argument you can make uh, that will change my mind and I know where I'm coming from on this issue uh, whatever your thoughts are on that I would really love to hear from you guys in the comment section and then what I ask is if you uh, like this episode if you could please just take a moment and think of two people you know who you think would also like this episode who would find it interesting who would get something out of it by watching it uh, and just send a link to them to this episode. If you would help me grow the channel that way, I would be so, so grateful, you guys. Um, so anyways, I'll be back soon with the next episode talking about the uh, Second Amendment and original public meeting. So anyways, uh, until next time, this has been Locking Liberal for Categorical Imperatives, uh, talking about gun control and assault weapons. Uh, and as always, Delenda S. Carthago.